Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. Word has already gotten out. Thanks to Shane. <laughs> he's, he's over there laughing. I had, a, I had quite the experience Wednesday uh, day working. Um, so I, I get up there and um, I, ha- I told people on Tuesday night uh, we were having band practice and I left about 30 minutes early. I said, I got to go try to catch a horse before it gets dark. I got a day work tomorrow. So driving along, I was like, Lord, just let one of them be in the pen because that'll be cool. So I come down off, uh, down the hill into the valley there and there's Ace standing in the water lot. So I pull in there, shut the gate, tip my hat to the, to the big man. Thanks, God. Appreciate that. So the next morning, I get Ace, and we load up, and we make it down there, and we saddle up, and we just leave from the house there. And we've been riding about, oh, I guess about 10 minutes or something like that. And we come up to, to is that Kiowa Creek? We come up to Kiowa Creek, and, it, you know, where we were going to cross is about maybe six feet or four feet, something like that. And so right before we get to the creek, Shane says, my horse don't like water too much. I said, no, dude, just follow me, man. Ace is great at this. And so Shane happened to go in front of me, and Ace gets up there and goes, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going. I was like, what's the matter with you? So I kind of gigged him a little bit and, you know, kind of let him smell. And he literally just spun around and run up the hill, and I was like, what in the world? So I got him back down there, and Charlie and Chris and Shane are like, are you coming or not? I was like, it's Ace. It's something's the matter. He's like, get back down there and everything. I kind of gig him a little more, and, and he, he just runs backwards. I thought he was going to roll over on top of me. And so I stepped off of him, because I'm holding up everything. I step off of him, and I can literally stand on one side of the creek, with Ace on the other going, it's only this wide. Come. Come on. He's like, uh-uh, I ain't going to do it. So I get back over there, and I get on him, and I'm mad now. And I'm going to roll him. I'm going to roll those spurs up his ribs. And I roll him, and he runs backwards again. And we end up right in the middle of the creek. And Ace is like this. I'm like, all you have to do is take a step, and we're out. It's right there. I, this, what I'm about to say, has been veterinary certified this morning. I went ahead and talked to Doc. Have you ever seen a horse faint? You think I'm joking. I'm not. They were standing there, and Ace is standing in the middle of Kiowa Creek, and he goes, (laughs) and so I jump off. And I'm like, what? And I grab his head and pull his head up out of the water a little bit. He's got sand in his eyes and everything. I'm like, what in the world is the matter with you? And so I'm going to step across him like this. And so as soon as I step across, he tries to get up. <laughs> so he's whopping me with his front legs right there. And so I like try to dive out of the way and I catch my spur in the bridle. And so I hit the ground like this. There's like cottonwood or something is all over me. And so anyway, I get my spur out and I get up. I'm like, what in the world? So I get back down in the creek and I take the saddle off. I'm like, 
Ace must be dead or something. I even felt, and he's just laying there. And so I'm not feeling of his legs, and everything seems to be okay. And so we're like, what are we going to do? Let's try to drag him out. Get that horse over here. So we're going to try to drag him out. He's like, uh uh-uh. It ain't happening. So finally, I get back down in the creek, and I lift his head up, and I just push him like that, and he stands up and just walks out. (laughs) I am wet. It's 38 degrees. My saddle is still in the creek. Shane saves it. Thank you, Shane. And so I'm looking at Ace, and I'm like, are you okay? He leans down, starts eating. I'm like, what in the world? Good grief. When we walked up to that creek, there's a difference. And Tom made a good point this morning. I've, I've had ace in stock tanks and cross water all the time, but there's a difference between moving water and standing water. Ace walked up to that water and he was like, I can't do it. And then it went from I can't do it to I won't do it. Today, we are going to talk about the three types of people in this world. We're going to talk about the can'ts. We're going to talk about the won'ts. And we're going to talk about the wills. Some people have been all three. I can't do this or I won't do this. Or maybe you're at a point right now where you are, I will do this. Some folks have gotten stuck in the middle of the creek and don't think that they'll ever get out. Does that sound like your life? Do you feel like you're just on your side in the creek? There's nothing you can do. It's hopeless. You've been in this same rut just time after time after time after time. Well, today we're going to talk about how to get out of that creek. Few people, and I'm hoping that you will be here today, are the wills. They have experienced God for themselves. They have felt His power to change their lives. And they know what it means to have peace and happiness in their lives. They know that by following God's will that they will see Him face to face forever. If you're a can't or you're a won't, I hope today that when we leave here, that we'll have about 250 wills. In 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5, there is a great story about a fella. Let me see if I can do this in my Texas without Texan tripping me up. His name is Naaman. His name is Naaman or Naaman or something. I don't know, those big words pull a hamstring for me. But in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 through 16, it tells a story of Naaman. Naaman was not an Israelite. He was from uh, a place just to the northeast of Israel, another country and everything. And this guy was a leader in, the, in, the, in, in that country's army. He was like a general. Think about gladiator, you know, I'm General Maximus or something. That's kind of what Naaman was. He held a very, very high position. He was very influential. He didn't report to anybody but the king himself. And Naaman had leprosy. 
We don't know when he got it. We don't know how severe it was because usually leprosy was the AIDS of that day. And usually people with leprosy, they shunned them and they pushed them out and you know quarantined them and everything like that. But that hadn't happened to Naaman, so maybe he had just contracted, contacted, and whatever. Maybe he just did it. And so, anyway, Naaman has leprosy, and um, his country had made a little raid into Israel and taken some slaves, and Naaman had an Israelite girl as a slave. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 3, the little girl from Israel said to Naaman's wife, said, If only my master would see the prophet in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. The little Israelite girl that is held captive, a slave, taken away from her family, provides the cure for Naaman. Now I want you to look at two words in this deal that just... It just stood out to me. And those two words are, if only. If only. This tells us that it wasn't the first time that she had suggested it. And it has kind of a pleading tone to it. Can you see that? She said, if only my master would go see the prophet in Samaria, his leprosy would be cured. If only. So I think she's already, if it was the first time, she'd be like, hey, silly me, I forgot there's a dude over in Samaria. His name is Elisha. He can get rid of that leprosy for you. Just saying. You know, it's not like that. She's pleading. You can be cured. All you have to do is go see this prophet in Samaria. Why didn't he go from the beginning? Why didn't he just pack up his stuff and just go? Doubt. Maybe. How about pride? Here's this little Israelite girl going to tell this big general that reports only to the king what to do. Maybe he was scared. I mean, leprosy was incurable. He could become an outcast. His fingers and face would fall off or whatever happens. I don't know. He's trying to swing a sword and his hand fall off. I mean, I think Naaman's having a pretty rough go of it. Maybe he feels hopeless. And maybe he just thinks it's bull. What would you say if you had an incurable disease and a little slave girl said, hey, go see this fellow over here. He can cure you. I guess today a lot of us might go try anything. You can get cured on the internet for all sorts of things. <laughs> 1995. There were probably a hundred different excuses that Naaman laid out that started out with, I can't because, and you can fill in the blank. A lot of us can fill in that blank with our own excuses that we've made for not following God. I can't because my, my friends will think that I'm weird. I can't because I like my life too much. I can't because... I just don't think that all of this goody two-shoes and, and I can't because there's a bunch of hypocrites out there. So I, I can't follow God because them hypocrites. 
If you let a hypocrite stand between you and God, who's closer to God? Think about that for a second. I can't. Are you one of those? You're here for a reason. God has called you here. But are you one of the I can'ts? Naaman finally goes, and he takes a bunch of money, and he takes a, I mean, it's like a traveling caravan, you know, wherever he goes, and he's in his chariot, and he's got all this gold, and he decides to go, and he's got a letter from his king, and all of this, and he goes up to Elisha's house and says, I am General Maximus, Naaman, whatever. Elisha don't even come out and see him. He just says, I tell that dude to go wash in the Jordan River seven times, he'll be cured. And so a little servant goes out there and says, Hi, Elisha says, go dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times, you'll be cured. And Naaman gets ticked off. He's like, this guy, wa- I am Naaman, and he won't even come out and talk to me? I mean, this was an insult. He's got this caravan. I'm sure he's got like guys carrying the flags and all sorts of stuff. Elisha's like, I don't care. You want to be cured? Go dip yourself in the water seven times. In verse 11, But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Kind of sounds like somebody threw a hissy fit, don't it? Now, we've never done anything like that, right? We ain't never, something hadn't gone our way, and we're just like, it's okay, and that's no big deal. Yeah, I bet some of you have thrown a hissy fit this morning. The wants. He has the cure. He has been to Elisha. Elisha has given him the cure, but it doesn't match what he thinks it should be. Number one, he's mad because Elisha didn't come out and talk to him. And number two, he was expecting Elisha to come out and whatever, and he's all good and well to go. What did Elisha say? I go down to Jordan, dip yourself in it seven times. The wants always find something wrong. Nothing is ever good enough for the wants. No blessing can satisfy their selfishness. The wants don't follow God. They only follow a God that does what they want, when they want, and how they want. Are you willing to follow God no matter what He does? Or are you only willing to follow God as long as He does what you think is best? Because a lot of times I know people that read the Bible and they're like, okay, I'll do this part and this part and this part, but I don't believe in this part right here. Then why is it in there? The wants want a fairy godmother, godmother, no, no, no. A fairy godmother that to wave their wand. I'm just going to skip that one. They want a zippity doodah. Hey. Are we like that though? 
When we have a prayer and we want to experience God, we want the angel to come down. I don't know that angels do a caca, but you know what I mean. He's got the wand out, you know. Maybe take the halo off and wave it over you, sprinkle some halo dust on you. That's what some people want. The wants want a life of privilege and status. They want to be named and they want the, stand, the, the banners to walk in front of them and here I am. And then when Elisha doesn't come out and even talk to you, throw a hissy fit because that'll fix everything. Grandiosity with pomp and circumstance where people will be wowed by their dedication to God. And if they ain't going to do it that way, then they're not going to have any part of it. You ever had one of those friends that say, I'm going to take my ball and go home. You don't play by my rules. That's the wants. Loving the Lord with all your heart and loving your neighbor seems too simple. And quite frankly, it's beneath them. Because as simple as it says, all Naaman had to do was go stand in a creek and go like this seven times. I mean, how hard is that? But it wasn't, it wasn't hard enough. It was, you know, it's like, okay, you need to bring me back the skull of a cave bear from North America and you'll be healed. He would have probably done it. Because that was befitting of his stature. He could boast about it. What's he going to say when he goes back? I went like this seven times. In a row. In a river. In a creek. And what does God ask us to do? Is it too simple? What He says is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love other people. The two easiest things are the most hard for all of us. Now we can, well, we can give and we can come to church and we can do this and we can do that and we can do this and we can do that. But none of that means anything if the first two don't get right. The wills. Finally, Naaman does as Elisha tells him to, and he is healed. Verse 15, Naaman and his officials went back to Elisha. Naaman stood in front of him and announced, Now I know that the God of Israel is the only God in the whole world. Now I know that the God of Israel is the only God in the whole world. He has done the impossible. The wills always seem unburdened by the problems that cripple most people. Do you know anybody that's a will? I knew a guy in Big Lake, Texas one time that was a will. Just seemed like nothing ever bothered him. He always had a smile on his face. He was influential. He worked hard. Very successful man. Very godly man. But he was a will. He wanted to follow God's will above anything else. God's will is what His will was. The wills know that God's ways are not their ways. And so they simply obey. And that's what God is asking you to do. We're all worried about, we want this big thing to happen in this, you know, wands and these halos and all of this stuff. But God just says, obey me. Remember the last thing Jesus said when He left? 
Go out and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey my commands. And what does he say? Love me, love others. Is that too simple for us? I think so. They know, the wills know, that there is nothing that God can't do. The wills know that there is nothing God won't do. You might think that this story doesn't apply to you, but our leprosy is sin. And there's nothing that we can do to rid ourselves of it. It is killing us. And it is incurable without God. You're going to die in sin? Just give up? Say, I can't. Or maybe you say, you know what? I won't. Or today, you can start a brand new chapter in your life. I don't care how old you are, young, middle-aged, old, it doesn't matter. Make a decision today to be a will. There is a creek that I'm going to ask you all to cross. Don't say you can't because you can. Don't let doubt, pride, fear, hopelessness, and unbelief keep you from the life God wants you to have. Don't say you won't, because if you don't, you'll lie in the same problems and situations that you've been fighting your whole life. One day, that creek of water will turn into a creek of fire, and there's no way out of that one. Ace and I saddled up, and we crossed that creek three more times that day. We rode out without a bobble, and we went out and did what we were supposed to do, what we were there to do. We gathered cattle, put them all in a pen. We did the job that we were asked to do. Jesus is calling you across the creek today to do the job that he wants you to do. Do you have the guts to cross it? Are you just going to lay down in the middle of it? That's about the only two choices. Get up. Get across. And start living the life that God wants you to live. There's no time like right now. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your message today. I thank you for the people that have come here to listen to you today. Lord, give them the guts to cross that creek. And even if they're at home watching on the internet or whatever, they can bow their heads with us and they can, they can cross that creek too. You don't have to be sitting here. This is between you and God. Get up. Don't say you can't. No longer say you won't. Don't let that pride and that fear and that hopelessness stand in the way of eternity because that's what's at stake. Give your lives to Jesus today and go do that job 
that you are called to do. Lord, we pray all these things in your most heavenly name. Amen. You know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through his word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.